you fabulous interior design professional, you. Are you familiar with the term residential design? It's something we've been doing forever, but who knew? Now it's a thing. It's this idea of creating a more home-like atmosphere in a commercial setting. This conversation is timely for me, and I hope that that is true for you as well. 80% of the work we do is residential, but from our residential work, we frequently are directed toward commercial projects. In part, that's because my contract leads people there. It is so fun to work on commercial projects, and currently we have a project happening, and the clients want something that is a cross between a Soho house environment, which is just so much fun, and a Dave & Buster's. Honestly, it could not be a more satisfying project. We're just having a blast. In this episode, we are going to talk with commercial design furniture manufacturer and now interior design business owner, Colleen Bader. She's going to tell us how commercial design has changed in the past 30 years and what's happening now. She's going to talk about residential design, where, again, you're creating a home-like atmosphere at work. In part, we're going to do this because it entices talent to come and work for you and your company. And in part, we're doing it because we've learned something in the past couple of years, thanks to COVID. Um, I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth, but uh, they did. Anyway, so thanks to the pandemic, we've learned that people really do want flexible workspaces. They want the opportunity to work from home sometimes. They want the opportunity to participate in a virtual meeting from time to time. So Zoom or other virtual meeting software is here to stay. And as business owners, we're going to have to incorporate this in some way or another into our businesses. Personally, I'm super happy about it. If I can stay home a couple days a week and work in my sweatpants, oh my gosh, that feels like a big win. It's funny, but that flexibility has allowed me to meet my trainer twice a week without missing for an entire year, which has been wonderful. I found it really hard to fit that into my regular life when I'm running around to meetings all the time. So I'm definitely going to carve out those couple days a week where I can be home, I can work out, and I can just let my hair down. As I said, we're working on a commercial project right now, and one of the things I love is the pace. I always allow myself a lot more time, and we do more concept check-ins with commercial projects. I never, never, never do that in residential projects. I've tried it a hundred times. It doesn't work. If you want to get more into that debate, it happens frequently. Make sure you're a member of Business of Design and come on out to the Business of Design live events. That's where we get into the nitty gritty about what's happening on job sites. And our community is filled with mature, profitable business owners. This entire conversation has me feeling nostalgic for being together in a big office with my team. I know going forward that I am going to create more opportunities where we can work together side by side, bouncing creative ideas off each other and feeling more part of a team. This episode also has me feeling nostalgic for just being together with all of you, my people, my peers, my tribe. And that's why I am super happy to announce we are hosting a Business of Design Elite Retreat in 2022. We have missed this event so desperately and we've missed you. And we know our members are eager to get a date on the calendar. 
Lord Willen and the Creek Don't Rise. Cheryl, it's time for a return to Business of Design Elite Retreat. How excited are you to be back in a big group again? I'm so excited. It's been way too long. For those of you who attended the last Business of Design Elite Retreat, it was so much fun and we are definitely ready to do it again. In April 2022, we are headed back to Santa Monica. We promise we have an entirely different itinerary planned. More great home tours, which is always a highlight, and of course, the learning and connections you've come to expect from BOD events. For today, we just have a couple of key dates to add to your calendar. The retreat will be held on Thursday, April 28th to Sunday, May 1st, 2022. So please block these dates in your calendar if you are planning to join us. Registration officially opens on September 1st, and we expect to fill up quickly. We will be offering some early registration perks and, of course, member-preferred pricing. For those of you who have attended a past um, retreat or the conference, an exclusive promo code will also be sent directly to your inbox when registration opens, and again, that's on September 1st. We'll make more announcements about this as we get closer and send out additional reminders. Uh, In other news, BOD Boss is officially closed for our October 2021 launch. We are, will continue to accept applications for our April 2022 groups. And we actually already have members uh, signed up for April. So please continue to send us your application if you're looking ahead and wanna join us in April. Um, If you missed it last week, the recording from our BOD live meeting, which was open group coaching, is available and uh, you can log into your member account to access that. So we have lots to look forward to. Thanks, Cheryl. I'll see you next week. Yes, it's time for a BOD planning session with the whole team and I can't wait. Talk to you soon. As we jump into the episode, I just want to clarify this one thing. Colleen uses an acronym, LVP and LVT. It stands for Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring and Luxury Vinyl Tile. You might not know that if you are not involved with commercial work. I'm sure I wouldn't have. LVP and LVT luxury, I think, is frequently a bit of a stretch, but we rely on things like this to create a more comfortable acoustic atmosphere. We also use things like ceiling tiles and even white noise pumped into spaces. That's all you need to know. And now you just get to enjoy the show. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Colleen, nice to talk to you today. 
nice to talk to you. You said you're back in the office. Tell everybody where you are where you are, and um, how exciting is it to be back in the office? Oh, I love being back in the office. Our office is located in Elgin, Illinois, which is about 45 minutes from Chicago. Um, and, you know, we are not only a furniture manufacturer, but an interior design firm. So the interiors people, we are social people and we like being around each other and collaborating. So we're very happy we're back. (laughs) That is so true. Colleen, I know you've been doing commercial design since the early nineties. What's changing? How has it changed in the last 20 years? God, is it possible that it's 20 years since the early nineties? I know. Isn't that crazy? It's more than 20 years. What are we talking? It's almost 30 years yeah. since the early nineties. Oh my gosh. Okay. So lots changed. What's changed? <laughs> well, when I first started in design, I think it was, um, you know, very much like corporate design was in my eyes, just a little static, you know, um, workstations all look the same. It was kind of cookie cutter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't about now everybody wants to have their brand, you know, shown in their office. And it's all about culture and creating an environment that people want to work in rather than people just, you just went to work. You didn't care what your office looked like. Um, but really that started turning, I saw maybe about like 10 years ago where companies were in competition to get great talent. And in order to do that, we're in the age of HGTV and everyone loves beautiful environments. In order to do that, they had to invest in their offices. So that's kind of where I saw the change where people really put time and effort into renovating and designing their offices. Well, it sounds like also there's more of an impetus to dig deep for your clients. You said the clients want their brand to be revealed in their spaces. So it's not good enough to say this floor tile looks great with this office divider, which looks great with this, you know, all purpose wall covering. Now it's a lot more integrated. So have you had to slow down your process working with clients and get more intimate in terms of your intake information? Absolutely. We create a survey that we send out to our clients and we typically try to get like five key stakeholders in the company, not just, you know, the owner, but different department heads and everyone to give us input on on what their culture is, what they ideally want to see in the the office, um, what what do they feel is lacking in their workflow and in the space itself. And then we take all that information back and we kind of compile it. And then we'll meet as a team with their stakeholders and say, a lot of times they're not aligned. And we have to kind of work through that. I mean, probably most of the time it's not aligned and we have to work through that um, so that everybody's on the same page of what we're trying to accomplish in the office. There's a little more um, compromise that has to happen early on. It's, It's more overt, I guess, right? When you're dealing with a husband and wife in a residential situation or two partners, they may also not be aligned, but it seems like it's a little easier to get them in a row when you're dealing with commercial and you have um, four or five different stakeholders and they have very wide ranging ideas of how to make it work. How, yeah. What do you do? How do you, how do you come to a compromise? 
we find there's typically one or two items that, um, you know, everybody does agree on. So we start there and we kind of branch out from that. A lot of times what people disagree on in an office is maybe the type of workstations. Um, there are kind of that old school high walls that people like to feel comfortable in. And, and for the most part, we try to, as commercial designers, foster collaboration and open things up. And you might have two different generations that want it different ways. So we'll meet in the middle a lot, you know, kind of not be the same benching. If you've heard of the term benching stations, which now with COVID would be 100% gone anyways. But um, some of maybe the younger millennials liked that concept and, you know, then other people were wanting some division. So we just, um, we have nice compromise. We might have some collaboration open office areas that can feed that millennial, like, happy vibe of, I want to take my laptop and I want to go work uh, in another area real casually. And then we create those, we call them heads down focus spaces where you've got taller panels around and people can, you know, kind of tune everybody out. So it's, it's a process for sure, but we make sure it happens. I would think, um, I appreciate what you said about finding common denominators. I usually do that, you know, with residential design as well. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you both like dark wood. That's good. Let's start there. Right. Um, right, But I would think with the office workspace, uh, workspaces, that it would be nice to have a mix of those head down spaces with high walls, because there are just some days where you just don't feel like chatting, Um, And to be forced to be in an open situation, Mm -hmm. I would think would be horrible. Yeah. I think as designers, our job is to create an environment that works at all times for all different skills, you know, at all different um, moments of their day, right? So that typically does involve call rooms, head down space, open collaboration, you know, because workstations themselves have kind of shrunk and people don't have these ridiculous, you know, workstations, it gives you more opportunity in an open office to have some of those more um, open, fun, collaborative spaces because your workstations are now smaller. So your footprint for the stations has gotten small. So now we can add some lounge furniture or a coffee bar and, and some fun things like that. What are the things you do to um, deal with acoustics? Cause I would think that's a big problem in those spaces. <laughs> it is. So there are so many amazing products for acoustics. First of all, we like to mix, you know, the LVP product, LVT product and carpet tile, but there's a lot of ceiling products out there that we use. Um, one is called uh, Turf.Design. It's a acoustical ceiling product that is, um, you, it has all these amazing colors and design features to it. And um, that's been a lot of fun for us as designers to pull unique elements from the ceiling because it's not just the floors and the walls. You can add um, elements in different ways. That's an Armstrong product, Armstrong ceiling. So um, it's really matching that along with, we do a lot of white noise where it's that um, system that they put in the ceiling and it just sounds like a real soft HVAC sound. Yeah. So yeah, you have to blend for sure all the items. Have you ever thought of doing that, um, the white noise system in a home, in a residential home? I don't, I don't know anybody who's done that. 
I have not, but you know, it's not a bad idea because in residential homes, you think about it, it's hardwood floors and tile and stone. And I know in my home personally, when I have, well, back in the day when you could have a bunch of people over, um, I miss those it was days. like echoey and loud. And I, you know, I was like, I need more rugs and window treatments and things like that. It's not a bad idea for sure. Interesting. I wonder if that is a thing that's go- going to start happening. Yeah. You know, with the pandemic, how do you see the commercial spaces that you uh, have specialized in all these years changing? Will there be more demand for commercial spaces, less? Will, if there's less demand, will those spaces need to really up their game? How, how do you think this yeah. is going to work? So it's interesting because we're hearing a lot from different um, business owners. How do we get back to the office and get back to the office safely where people feel safe? And I think what it's going to be, it's going to be a mix of people might work at home two days a week and they might be in the office three days a week. So it's we're creating a lot of breakaway um, conference space so people can Zoom. You know, not everybody was ready for Zoom. So creating those conference rooms where you have a couple people in there, you know, with their the distance they need and their monitors and, and the cameras and all of that um, is definitely something that a lot of um, owners are doing. They're putting in their space and then just making sure people are, you know, comfortable and spaced out well enough. You're not going to have people on top of each other. And most offices have that capability. So you're thinking that's going to be something that we are going to continue with, uh, even once this pandemic is fully under control, which I, who knows when that will be, but you think that, that more space is something that we're going to continue with. Yeah. And I think that business owners, you know, a lot of people do like working remotely, so they're going to want to give that flexibility to their associates and by doing that, you know, they're going to have happy people. So they want to make sure that their office is safe and that they have plenty of space for their teams. And then like maybe when half the team's at home, they can zoom in really easily to things that are happening in the office. So it's kind of creating those areas within the office to accommodate that. I'm so curious how that will work. If you're, if you've got a large team and let's say 50% of you are in the office and 50% are on Zoom, there's so much that happens pre-meeting, post-meeting. You know what I mean? So many like water cooler conversations. I wonder if those people who are on Zoom will be missing out on some of the bonding that happens when we're physically together. Oh, they absolutely do. And even in our office right now, we have a couple of people that work out of state. And I do feel bad because we have a very large conference room that we host big Zoom meetings and we're all six feet apart. But there's a lot of kind of back and forth, like you said, bonding and and that you can tell that it is something that they feel they miss out on not being in the space. It's, it's not the same. The culture is not the same without everybody there. You started out in commercial design. You added the residential design. What have you learned from incorporating or, or have you learned anything from adding residential design to your you know, menu of options that you provide clients? Yes. Um, well, first of all, a lot of, and you, um, residential designers probably get this too. You, you create this bond with your client and they trust you through a project. And then they would ask, do you guys do homes? And we would say, 
not really because we didn't have the talent to help. You know, I, I don't ever want to offer something that I don't have the skilled people to do. So once we had that person on our team and I was confident that, you know, we could do both, it's great because you already have a book of business, really. You've got your, you know, your clientele that now wants their kitchen renovated and I have someone to help that. So it's, it's a great way to bring uh, revenue into your business because, you know, you already have these clients that are asking you for it. So you're not even going out looking for them. We have the converse. We occasionally yeah. do a commercial project because the client says, oh, you know, we're doing the office again. We're changing the boardroom. Could you help us yeah. with that? So right. uh, I love it. I feel like it's yeah. like I'm getting away with playing hooky or something like, but, yeah. but, the, but I do need to consult someone who's full time, a commercial designer from time to time, because there's just so much to know. And yeah. something else we discovered the hard way, we thought we'd be so clever and install commercial uh, dishwashers for a client who really complained about how long dishwashers take. And we said, well, it's crazy yeah. because restaurant dishwashers take like four minutes. So we installed these commercial <laughs> dishwashers, which was great until yeah. they broke down and nobody in the free world can get to her place to fix the commercial oh, dishwasher. No. <laughs> right. So we're like, oh, yeah. our bad. So anyway, right. There's, there, yeah. there are some things that we can learn from each other for sure. There's a lot. Um, so our residential designer that came in, I mean, just the products that resident, it's a whole different line of fabrics. It's a whole different line of products. So until she was on our team, I wasn't comfortable. I want to be the expert for our clients. So when they would ask me that, sure, could we come in and help? But I don't want to just help, right? I want it to be, um, you know, an exceptional experience. So until we had that, we weren't capable of, you know, offering that to our clients. But I love the back, I love being able to help a client now in their office and their home. You just create that long relationship. And are you seeing more crossover then between residential and commercial design going both directions? Yeah. So um, Resimercial, we started hearing the term in 2019, and it was really kind of just to add some more detail to a commercial project that's, you know, rugs and accessories and artwork and branding and and things like that. And um, we started bringing that in a few years ago. And it just a client loves when, especially now they've been working from home and then they come into their office and they don't want a sterile office. They want to bring elements of home in. So that might be greenery, it might be plants, it might be artwork, things like that. So I'm definitely seeing, I think that's even going to be more of a push, you know, in the next six months when people are really back into their office, they're going to want feel a little bit of home there too. Yes. I would think they've gotten used to the comforts of home all day long. And so they're going to be pushing for that. I would think it would be a really exciting time to be a commercial designer because for that, for that reason, um, you know, it's hmm, interesting. I know that residential designers are having explosive opportunity and growth right now. I, Mm -hmm. I was kind of concerned about commercial designers because of the obvious, empty real estate in downtown cores, et cetera. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're not seeing a lot of work in Chicago, but we are seeing a ton of work in the suburbs. What happened was there was a migration from Chicago to the suburbs for a lot of companies. And as you mentioned, you don't get that 
that collaboration when everybody's at home. So business owners want people back in as many as they can get back into their office. So we are very busy right now on the commercial side, um, just because everybody's prepping for the summer when they can get everybody back or a lot of our clients are already back in. That is such a good point. I think there is not a single urban center in the world that isn't experiencing the migration that you talk about, that people are just like, wow, if we could really work anywhere, why are we working here where it's so dense and crowded and expensive? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think business owners too, it was, it was crazy because in 2019, especially in the Chicagoland area, everyone wanted to be in Chicago. So um, it's just taken a whole reverse. Now everybody kind of wants to be a little bit (laughs) in the suburbs. So um, it's interesting how you just have to kind of go with the flow and go with the market and make sure that your design company can manage the ups and downs of, you know, what happens in the world. Yeah, interesting. I have a fantasy living, we, we live in uh, Los Angeles half the year and Toronto the other half the year, two cities that ha- are terrible, notorious for bad traffic. In fact, it's so funny, Toronto is worse by far than Los Angeles as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I have this fantasy that a lot of people moved out and it's going to be so much better. And I, you know, I know I'm going to be disappointed because of course it won't happen that way. But anyway, it is a dream. Yeah. And I notice um, the difference now. It's starting to get busier. I was in Chicago at a client last Tuesday and probably three months ago, I could have left that client and got back to Elgin in 20 minutes. And it was, a there was traffic. I was like, Ooh, people are back in. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But it, isn't that great? I'm so happy it that is. that's true. I, you know, it's funny. I never thought I would say it's good to see traffic again, but <laughs> after what we've gone through, I'm okay with a little traffic. Yeah, it does. It has been a really long haul and I'm, I'm happy to see that your business is thriving and you guys are getting back to the office. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great, great news. At the end of every episode, we like to leave people with something we call design intervention. What comes to mind? So one thing, I don't exactly remember who told me this, um, but they said, hire the, the smartest and brightest people and just get out of their way. Let them (laughs) do their job. Don't micromanage them. You know, don't, um, don't worry that they might be more skilled than you. Always look for the best talent Never stop looking for talent. Always look because you never know when you're going to need it and just get out of their way and let them, you know, thrive and do their job. Such good advice. Yeah. I had a situation recently where um, somebody who's worked for me a long time, we were at, uh, we were measuring the client space and she shared an idea with the clients, an idea that I would have not shared at that moment. I would have held that idea back for another meeting. And I I was confused, like, how am I supposed to react? Because the clients loved the idea and there was a lot of praise for her. And I thought, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. Is this just jealousy or is it legitimately not the right time to bring it up? It turns out that we can't do it. Uh, The idea is not going to work. And Mm -hmm. and maybe that's reason enough to say to the people who work for you, like, hold back the ideas until we can verify whether or not they can happen. It's not, not the right time to bring them up. I don't know. Have you had any experience with that being surrounded by bright stars? Yes. Yeah. I think if they they get really excited with the client, you know, you're excited, you're in the moment, you're having this feeling, you just say it. 
And I, I think probably what you did is perfect. You don't want to, in front of the client, show that you're not all aligned and on the same team. So it's really kind of stepping back into the office and saying, you know, next time it might be better that we all talk about this first and see if it's even uh, an option for our client. And But yeah, just even, I think clients love the, I just, they hire interior designers for their ideas, right? Yeah. So um, just to see the passion, if she was passionate about the, the concept, yeah. that's, that's part of it. And that's why they hire us. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. And I'm so glad I held back and I didn't say anything other than exactly what you said, which was, that's a great idea. We should do that. And then uh, <laughs> it, it worked itself out. But as it's just not that easy to be the boss. I don't care how you slice yeah. it. It's a little tricky. Yeah. I know it is hard. It is hard because I think your, my talent and my skills are definitely different than, you know, my younger team that comes in here and they can create these renderings and do all this, you know, technical work that me being in the industry so long, my skill set is, is not exactly that and shouldn't really be used for that. I should be used in other ways. So just kind of knowing what people's strengths are and using them that way and, not being worried that you've got this, you know, young 20 something designer that can do this and that you can't, that's okay. You know, it's okay. It's all about the best (laughs) idea wins for sure. Well, I'm very happy to think of you in Chicago this summer, enjoying some beautiful restaurants Uh, and life coming back to something that feels like normal. Yes. I was in, my husband and I were in the city about a month ago. We went to the art Institute and out to uh, lunch, and it's starting to feel normal in Chicago. Things yeah. are opening up. Yeah, we, we have had the same experience, and uh, so grateful. Let's see what happens, yeah. but boy, yeah. it's been a long haul. Thank you so much for your time, Colleen. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was very nice talking to you. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today 